welcome to Common Talkers, where comics is always the top of our discussion. My name is Brandon. I'm William. And today we are continuing with Green Lantern Month. And this week, we are actually going to do something a little different. Oh, well. Yeah. What was it? So tell the fans what we're doing today. So today we're going to be discussing the Green Lantern movie. Yeah. Uh, not just the movie itself, but we're going to be talking about uh, some of the animated movies uh, and main point of the discussion will be why can't they make a good Green Lantern film and what would we do if we were making one? Uh, what would we do to it to make a film better? Yeah. So just to kind of give you guys a little brief history um, about the movie, if you guys haven't watched this movie, um, it was released in 2011, um, stars Ryan Reynolds, Blake Lively, Peter Skarsgård, um, uh, Angela Bassett, um, Michael Clark Duncan, Mark Strong, so on and so forth. The list can go on. Um, the synopsis of the film, according to IMB, or IMDb, reckless test pilot Hal Jordan is granted an alien ring that bestows him with otherworldly powers that inducts him into an intergalactic police force, the Green Lantern Corps. That's a little vague. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> little vague information. That's like, the, what? Maybe the first 30 minutes? And then what happens after? It's just like, eh, they're there. You know, we're flying in outer space. Um, so, Willie, I know, I'm going to ask you first. Willie, I know when we went back, one of our very first podcasts, when we discussed the top five DC movies, you did put this in your top five. So yes. what what made you enjoy this movie? What was things that you were attracted to? Things like that. I, I kind of want to know before we get into this discussion. Uh, as far as attraction goes, Ryan Reynolds. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, well, that's part of it. Uh, the, it. Really, I just enjoyed the actors. Honestly, I felt that they did a really good job casting a lot of the characters. Um while Ryan Reynolds, some people might think, is not perfect for the role of Hal Jordan, I think he still did it very well. Not only mixing some good comedy in there, but also getting some more uh, dramatic lines, which he delivered really well, in my opinion. Right, uh, right. And on top of that, you still have uh, Mark Strong as Sinestro, who did a fantastic job. And it, it was just, it, for the... Characters that played the Lanterns, even though half of them were done just with voices, they were still, like, doing everything they could to make the characters. So I really enjoyed that stuff about it. I will say right now, I one of my main issues with the movie is I think people blame the actors. I don't think it's any of the actors' faults. I will tell you right now, I do think Ryan Reynolds is the perfect Hal Jordan perfect I, I i he's cocky he's he, anything you can think of of how jordan you see in ryan reynolds quickly and i i know you'll hear ryan reynolds make fun of the movie i don't think he's making fun of what he did i think he's making fun of who was responsible for making this movie terrible and i will right now blame it on warner brothers warner brothers interference of this movie ruined this movie um now, just to kind of give you guys some ratings so you kind of see what we're talking about. IMB or INDB, I swear I'm going to always say that, IMBD, not INDB rating for the movie was a 5.5 out of 10. On Rotten Tomatoes, the tomato meter, whatever you want to call that, tomato meter um, was 26%, which I don't always go off that because Rotten Tomatoes doesn't know always how to score superhero movies. Um, when they call Batman and Superman dark. So, yeah, that's bad. Um, that just tells me they don't read comics because yeah. Batman and Superman are dark. Uh, or Batman is at least dark. It's too Super dark for the children. Gosh. Um, the audience score for this movie is 45%, according to Rotten Tomatoes. Now, there's, you know, granted, I will agree with you right now, Will, the cast was stacked. On top of it, all of them played their roles. One issue I do want to bring up 
first and foremost, other than Warner Brothers, of course, because is one of the things I want to bring up is the wonky CGI. That, granted, we've talked about this before, the alien designs are perfect. I think the way they made Kilowog, I think the way they made, um, oh, come on, I can't even remember. Um, it's Jeffrey Rush's role in the movie. Um, he's one of the Fish first guy. lanterns. He's one of the first lanterns that Hal meets. I can't remember his name. I always forget his name. Just call him the fish guy. <laughs> I want to call him fish guy because <laughs> he does have a name. I just can't remember. Um, Tomari. There we go. Tomari. Um, voiced by Barbosa himself from Cap or Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, Michael Clark Duncan is Kilowog. Amazing. Now, We'll get back to that later because I love <laughs> Michael Clark Duncan in this role. All the alien designs looked amazing. Even Sinestro yeah. looked amazing. And it was just, they brought Mark Strong to life with that character. Now, that doesn't just take away, though, that there was really bad CGI in this movie. Yeah. Uh, I didn't mind Hector Hammond's design either, which is one of the main villains of the movie. I didn't mind the way they made him look because that's how he looks in the, in the comics. I didn't mind that. I'll get back to that later because I'm not done with him yet. Um, but the suits look terrible. I'll even say this right now. They look pretty bad. I would disagree only a little bit. Okay. Because I'm I think, because you think of the idea of the Green Lantern suit, it's that i mean they are skin tight suits and so if anything if you look at the at the very least the comic book covers and like see how detailed they are how they're like skin tight show all the muscles i think on that part it did kind of capture the essence of what the suits could look like if they were in real life and and i'm never knocking that part i agree with you on that end. What I'm meaning is, is that they made it look like a bright light, you know, you know, yeah. or light bright toys that you we had as kids that you just poke into the thing. Literally, that looked like what they were having. I understand it's a willpower kind of like soaring through them, but it's like, when do you ever see that in comics? It, it's one of those things. It's kind of like, come on, like it just looks like yeah, a little light bright they, going around. Yeah, they kind of changed it from looking like a suit more to it being their part of their skin. Yeah, and I didn't like that part. Like they even make jokes in the movie. I went back and I rewatched it just for this podcast, and I literally thought that they made jokes about this. Yeah. Actually, one of my favorite ones was like, what was it? Um, Carol Ferris when she finds out. That was another thing I didn't like. like that doesn't happen that <laughs> fast. Um, Carol Ferris find you know finds out that Hal Jordan is Green Lantern. And the way they did, it's like, oh, you didn't think I would know by your little small butt talks or something. It was just one of those things that was like, seriously, does that really need to be in a movie right now? Um, but some of the CGI was pretty wonky. Parallax looked terrible. Mm. That was just, uh-uh. That's not even, I'll tell you this right now. Y'all let me tell you what I thought about when I saw that and I watched it again just recently. I literally thought that's Galactus again all over from Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer. That's all that is, but actually with a face. It just, that's not Parallax. That's. I was thinking Dormammu. Dormammu actually looked decent though. I know. That's it's like if they, part. If, I, they, if they did Parallax the way they did Dormammu, then it would have, it would have been, it, it would have been too similar, but like well done similar. Like Parallax, mind you, in the comics is a, is an entity. Yeah, it's the Fear Lanterns entity, just like the Lanterns have one. Ion, they have one. Fear has one, which you know I'm wearing their shirt right now, which is Fear, which is also Parallax. Parallax literally looks like an insect, a huge insect that just takes over bodies, or feeds off that fear. It's sad that they made it look like a guardian's face literally setting over clouds that's not parallax that to me was a joke i'm sorry i am very because parallax of course is one of my favorite green lantern villains 
And I will even put them up there as villains because in the comics, what was it? He takes over Hal Jordan's body and makes him go like on a tyrant spade. Now, originally we didn't know it was Parallax possessing him. We find that and that was retcon later on in Jeff John's first run with Green Lantern called Green Lantern Reaper, where, what was it? They make it, or it's an entity that took over Hal Jordan. And you find out how he was doing it. So it just shows you he's a manipulating force. He is a strong force or force to be reckoned with. And they made him look like a joke. I hate to say it. I'm not done with him either. We're going to get back to him later because that was one of the things I hated the most about the movie. Um, One of the other things I want to mention too, again, um, I don't think I have to go too far into this. Great cast, but wasted. I think a perfect example like that to me, all of them were really good actors. Blake Lively was the only one I kind of thought maybe they could have found somebody different, but even then she wasn't terrible. But I feel I felt with her performance, it was she was trying too hard. It was just one of those like good actresses are able to just perform it the way they're supposed to perform it. Yeah. And I think her biggest problem, she was a TV actress more than she is a movie actress. Coming from things like that sometimes are hard to do. I'm never knocking actors or actresses wherever they are. I'm not knocking you guys whatsoever. I know your guys' jobs are, are really hard at points too. But like her acting in just this movie, I just felt it was a little forced. I just felt like you could have done a little bit better. Make it more convincing. Like yeah. Carol Farrell is a very strong woman in the comics. And the fact that I kind of just felt like she just forced that strongness on people. It was just kind of like, you could have did a little bit better for us yeah with her character i kind of felt like it was giving off the impression where she she was playing kind of a stereotype role where it was talk strong but act weak and i i've seen that i've seen that trope a couple of times where you'll have female characters in a lot of the older stuff mostly uh where you'll have it They'll always be the damsel in distress and they'll always need saving. But then the second they're having dialogue, they're just like strong, independent women. <laughs> now, before we continue on with the actors too, I wanted to note, did you realize there was actually other actors up for the role of Hal Jordan? You want me to name you a few of them? I did hear about that. I can't remember who it was though. Bradley Cooper? Yeah. Jarrett Leto? I didn't know about that one. We're what's what's prayed that or would be thankful that never happened. Um, well, honestly, it probably would have been like better, but not over, <laughs> Ryan, not over Ryan Reynolds. I'm sorry, not Ryan. over Ryan Reynolds, but it would have been better given where he, where Jared Leto is now. And the other one that was up for grads was possibly Justin Timberlake, which I don't see. I don't it. think I can see that one. I, I could, he's cocky, but not to how Jordan's cockiness. Sorry. Yeah. That'd be more like, hey, hey, you know, all of a sudden he sits there and he just runs around, like, you know, starts dancing in space. You imagine he's like the Star Lord. Like, <laughs> I'll tell you this right now. If they want to put him in a Green Lantern, give him Guy Gardner. Simple. He's more of a comic. <laughs> you know, come on. And I, you guys are not done hearing me talk about Guy Gardner and how much of a joke he is to me. Sorry, you're going to keep on hearing it. I might even put that in our top five where he gets knocked out by Batman then you know that's the simplest thing that's why i love that story but i'm going back to this again talking about actors we got michael clark duncan we got jeffrey rush we got mark strong we got ryan reynolds taika watiti's in this for anybody who does not know who taika watiti is he is the director and korg and thor ragnarok this is taika watiti he's also um rat catcher the the father in Suicide Squad. He is a nerd. He loves doing these movies. And Taika Waititi plays the kind of like Hal Jordan's best friend. So it, it, you know, it's just one of those things, you know, and again, we talk about Peter Skarsgård. Tim Robbins is in this movie and uh, Oscar-nominated actor, or Oscar-winning actor, to change my thoughts. Angela Bassett, again, a great actress. 
just so many of them and it just feels like they just fell short and never knocking the actors on this movie they're not at fault you know it's more studios fault instead of theirs because i believe in the movie too they switched out directors and i think that's what really started making this movie go downhill more and more it just started getting worse and worse and then bamo probably one of the worst it's probably in the top not top five but if there was a top 10 worst superhero movies in it it probably would be in that range maybe low 10 maybe honor dishonorable mention as we call it on here but but it's one of those things like what's your opinion will on the casting i i'm i've have no complaints about the casting even the ones that you pointed out that weren't on the strongest suit i honestly loved everybody who participated in this film i thought i thought that they did it was kind of a situation where they put in maximum effort quote deadpool on their role and i think that just some of the choices on how the characters had to be portrayed Right. And how they had to be acted, I thought kind of just hurt them. Right. Now, the next point I'm going to bring up is, again, like I said, we're not done talking about this guy because there is no reason he was in this movie. I'm going back to Parallax. Parallax was the wrong villain for this movie. You, yeah. Mind you, Parallax is built in the comics to a point where you find out what he really is. He's not just thrown at you like the movie did. And I'll tell you this right now. Again, I'm going to sound like a broken record. He is no guardian. He is an entity. Why they made that, I think that right away, when they made that the beginning of the movie, it was just like, what the heck are you guys doing? That made me bad from the beginning. Upset at me. I didn't even know if I wanted to continue watching the movie. That is how bad this was. This is a movie that I felt should have had lower named villains. Like Hector Hammond, that's fine. Keep him. I thought he was decent. I didn't mind Peter Skarsgård in that role. You could have even introduced, we'll get back to it, but even Blackhand maybe. Not as a Black Lantern, but Blackhand because he is a nuisance to Hal Jordan. We'll get back to that later because I do want to kind of pitch that story. Yeah. Now, one of the other things, again, like we said, is the behind the scenes issues. Back that, what was it? It was going off of Jeff Johns, who's a very famous Green Lantern writer. You will hear me talk about him a lot when it does come to the top five video we're doing this month. Um, Jeff Johns, by far, probably the best writer of Green Lantern, period. Um. It was going off his story called Secret Origins, and it was actually a story where Hector Hammond is the main villain. It is not Parallax. Now, what was it? Um, there was a note I had here. Hold on one second. Um, Warner Brothers originally, I believe it was um, Greg Berlanti. Berlanti, sorry if I'm saying that wrong was the original director, writer-director to this movie. They switched it and went with a guy by the name of Martin Campbell from GoldenEye to direct this movie. And I think that's what screwed the movie. I think we have seen that before where when a director comes in and replaces them. So good example of this is Justice League, not the Zack Snyder cut, we're talking the original. When Zack Snyder left, who did they bring in? They brought in Josh Whedon, the guy who brought the Avengers to the screen. And look how terrible that movie became. It wasn't that great of a movie. Let's go back to Green Lantern. I think it's the same exact issue. You went from one director who, to me, was going to be a good director. I think if they could have kept him in that realm, I think it would have been a good movie. Then you switch it automatically to somebody who pretty much is thrown back into this position and has to come up with a movie. 
that's not how you do this. To me, that's not something you just go, hey, we're just going to do this and ruin all the plans. Not only that, I think there was different things going on in the background. We don't know ton. We don't know everything that happened in that, but it's just one of those things. I think Warner Brothers, again, interfered too much. And then yeah. it became to the point where this movie was terrible or it was just a train wreck waiting to happen. So now, granted, not everything in the movie was terrible. Like we said, we talked about the casting. Um, we talked about a couple other things. There's a couple other things I want to bring up. Um, I love the training montage. Probably one of my favorite scenes in the movie. When Hal goes to Oa, which Oa is the home planet of the Green Lantern Corps, he is automatically put in training. And what was it? Um, and who's his drill sergeant? Kilowog himself, Michael Clark Duncan. By far one of my favorite scenes in any movie, really, is their training session. Because I just love Kilowog. Kilowog, you will hear me say, is one of my favorite Green Lanterns of all time. If I could make a top five, he would be even over the list over Hal Jordan. I just love Kilowog so much. I love his character. He's funny, but he's serious. And that's why I like him so much. Um, he's taken by, what was it, Tomar Reed. He took him to his training session. Kilowog put him right to work. And, yeah. and again, then Sinestro comes. And I think that's the only thing I didn't like about Sinestro. Grant, you guys will always hear me say Sinestro was a good character. Yes. Wouldn't you agree well? Yeah, acted well and um, definitely written well. I think the only issue I have with him as Sinestro is the fact that in the comics, and I'm, I know we're not supposed to go off comics when it goes to movies, but for this, in the comics, he is Hal's trainer. Not only that, you find out he's using his ring for to pretty much be like a tyrant on his home planet. I feel in this movie, they make him become a yellow lantern, which you find out at the end of the movie and a credit scene. Like he was doing it for the core. And I didn't like that. For some reason, something was off about that. Not saying it was a bad twist, but it's just one of those things that it's like, why not train Hal Jordan? Why not do this? You know, now granted, we will never know. And that's okay. I'm not mad at it. I think Mark Strong still did a good job with what he had. And he still made a convincing story for Sinestro. Um, one of the other things I want to bring up. I love talking about sympathetic villains now granted i just kind of bashed sinestro for that same reason because sinestro is really not sympathetic hector hammond is and i enjoy his story i thought he was a very sympathetic villain you could feel for him you understand him willie what's your i want to hear you what what's your take on hector hammond or peter skarsgård's performance as hector hammond yeah, I I definitely uh, agree with you that I, I do feel sorry for him. Like, because the brief information that you get about his past and the stuff he's had to do with and how he's just been, like, overshadowed and undermined for, like, his intel and knowledge on the on outer space and aliens and all this stuff. It's just it's very upsetting it's like you really do feel for him the stuff that he has to go through and then after that the process of him getting more familiar with these powers that he develops mm -hmm. through the exposure to the fear ring and parallax just the things that his body goes through and what his mind goes through is just it's just very upsetting right, seeing right. How, like how he handles it Right. It, I think Peter Skarsgård, again, brought a character. One of the things I, I'm going to kind of change. One of the things I loved about his performance is like when they're at the party 
and how he's able to start reading thoughts. And the fact that he's catching on to what his dad's saying really in his mind. Heartbreaking. To be so much, somebody of high intelligence and things like that, and yet his dad doesn't even recognize that. It's sad. Yeah. It's, it is It is something that made me curious, though, was that it makes me wonder, were those really thoughts that the people around him were having, or was it the effect of parallax and the exposure that was kind of manipulating the thoughts that he was getting? Right, and I agree with you there. I, I toyed with that at first, too. But when you get kind of the vibe of his dad, it's one of those characters I think you he thinks he's better than everybody. Mm-hmm. He's a senator, he's everything like that. He thinks he's better than everybody. I do feel that at points when you do see him, he looks at him like an embarrassment. Um, even though that shouldn't be embarrassing. To me, he's a smart scientist who's worked hard to get where he is. And the fact that they you know, kind of tra- his dad kind of trashes him for it. it's kind of like, well, what kind of dad are you? You know, yeah. and because some of the things he does say to him in person, it's kind of like, wow, that was kind of messed up. Like, now again, I don't know tons about Hector Hammond in the comics. Like, I know enough about him to go, yeah, he could have just been a standalone villain. But I don't know how much of a story development there was for him and i think that's the only thing that i have an issue with like there's really not enough story like that to go off of like they do in the movies that i agree i love that story they've done with him and i'm not gonna lie that's a good point to bring up was it really parallax putting those thoughts in his head because he does that the hell in the comics he puts his own thoughts and into hal's brain yeah but is it real but at the same time i kind of got the vibe of his dad thought that already yeah or he was just feeding into that fear or feeding that off him and kind of like confirming his fear so i think it's kind of both i think it's both parallax and his dad um again what was it i had no problems with hector Ammon. thought he was a perfect villain kind of just felt like they kind of shunned him and it just went oh we got parallax mm-hmm. no um <laughs> Again, great alien designs. I'm not even going to go much into more in depth with that one. Um, they do. One of my favorite scenes with all of them is when Sinestro is trying to like rally the core to go take on Parallax. Even Abin Sur, um, the guy, the alien who gives or hunts out the next ring bearer um, to Haldor. One of the things I'd also love in the movie, and I know it's not really in my notes, is Sinestro's thought about humans and that the fact that they should not be given a ring. Now, we find out, I'm going to kind of go back to the comics a little bit. We go to Blackest Night and we find out the entity of life is on Earth. That's why the Guardians always avoided trying to send a ring to Earth because of that reason. And Sinestro goes after him for it. It's like, you've done this, but yet you allowed Adam and Sir to come here. You allowed him to hunt out a ring. Pretty much, I, I, we're going to cover this later on too. But I loved how he, they made him feel about humans. Mm-hmm. It is a good point, but it just shows you how much Hal's got to prove. And I think that's what sets up Hal Jordan really good. In the, he has to prove himself. It's not just going to be handed to him. He's got to prove himself to be the best Green Lantern there is. How are you going to do that? And I think that's why I liked about Sinestro is he motivated him somehow to make him become better as a Green Lantern. Yeah. Um, I also want to bring this up. Did you kind of get like a, Willie, as a veteran, I kind of want to ask you too. Did you kind of get a sense of a military corps instead of a police police force in the movie yeah i mean that does fit you dog got slobber on me uh, <laughs> it does have more of a militaristic feel 
because when you think of a police corps, uh, you think order and law-abiding, but when you think of a military corps, it's all about command and order and like how they all assemble and follow a code and go face off against uh, parallax together as a unit it does show that sort of militaristic vibe that comes together on 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 the story right now again we've already talked about kellowog too they made him look really good even for the cgi i loved him it was one of those characters I went amazed that they put them up on. I was amazed when they put them up on the screen. That made me happy. Uh, the constructs. Now, I want to mention this going back to the CGI issue. The constructs looked amazing. One of my favorite ones is actually the race car going down the track when he's trying to save a helicopter from crashing, right? Loved it the gatling guns anything the weapons they use it's just like those are amazing and yet you can't make good uniforms yeah that's i'll say I'll, i only have one comment on the race car it looked good but at the same time was it really necessary well it's it was made like to look like a hot wheel so in some ways i felt like I kind of got a sense. It's a bad sense. I know it's, not, but what if they were being sponsored by Hot Wheels? I believe that. It's just like I think that scene would have worked better if, because you see early in the movie his interaction with his uh, nephew, mm -hmm. and his nephew just like him is like super into planes and right. space and all that stuff. If they would have had it be a scene where, like, he was playing with his nephew and they were, like, talking about race cars or Hot Wheels or something like that, mm -hmm. then it could create, like, a mental image in your mind because these are constructs that come from, like, what he can think of. Right. And it would make sense. Uh, it would make sense why he would choose to do, like, a hot rod up here and then a track come down. Right. It would add some connection to where his mentality of making the construct would come from. It See, was just I, it was just kind of out there. I would have imagined like if he made a jet, like a jet body around the helicopter mm -hmm. as it was coming down, and then had that fly down slowly and softly yeah. to the ground. I think that would have connected a bit better. I think the purpose of why they did it that way is because we've already shown in the movies they've made guns, they've made swords, they've made different things like that. I think the whole purpose of it was to show the creativeness that constructs really can be anything. It doesn't have to be a sword or a gun or yeah or a shield. It could be anything, and I think that was the purpose of it. I didn't wasn't bothered by that because I thought even. Kyle Rayner, of all people, has some of the most artistic constructs ever. John Stewart is probably the most architectural construct user. You know, Guy Gardner couldn't even really give you a name for him. He's just a hot head that loves to get punched. So we're not done making fun of him. I'm, I, I still got. <laughs> um, we got a few more episodes to do. Yeah. <laughs> We, if you haven't already heard us in our last episodes, I like to bash Guy Gardner a lot. So, and the sad thing is I have a Funko Pop sitting behind me of him. I didn't get it for him. I got it because of Kilowog in that set and Chip. So, <laughs> so. Um, the Guardians, that were amazing. And actually acted like what Guardians are supposed to be. Jerks. Pretty much. Yeah pretty much what they are um i don't even have to go much into them guardians like we said are the guardians of the universe um they are some of the oldest creatures or oldest beings alive they've been here pretty much since life itself has been as it this ugh, since life has really existed 
So they are the ones that really have made these rings, have made these things for them. Pretty much they're jerks because sometimes their wants and needs take over what the lanterns want. So, and you find out they're hiding secrets in the comics and things like that for their own benefits. So not going to go too much more into that because I know we, when we go, we are going to be covering Blackest Night this month for our book club. Um, one, be ready to go through a lot of information. And two, you're really going to see the Guardians really become jerks when you find out some of the secrets that they're hiding. So I'm going to leave that for later on. Last thing I want to bring up again, Sinestro, by far the best character in the movie. Yeah. Mark Strong takes him away, makes it his own character. Like literally, if they want to really bring back the Green Lantern Corps, bring back Mark Strong. I don't want him as Dr. Savani from Dr. Or, or Shazam. No, I don't want him there. The only other character I could see him playing other than Sinestro, is Mr. Freeze. If those two characters don't have, you could make Mark Strong any villain, I think he would work perfectly. You could put him as Two-Face. With, with a bald head, I think he works perfectly as uh, Lex Luthor. <sighs> See, I, <laughs> I, I, I can't go for that one. You know what I mean? Like, if we're going to side Just as far it, as looks go. Just as far as looks go. Like, I, when we go over Lex Luthor, we won't even bring up Jesse Eisenberg. No. Gene Hackman was decent. I didn't mind him in the original Superman movies. Kevin Spacey actually wasn't terrible. I actually didn't mind him in as a Lex Luthor persona. John Cryer from Two and a Half Men in the Supergirl show. It's like, what the heck are you guys doing? But even then, he shocked me. Like, it's like, okay, he's kind of maniacal. I can get behind him a little bit. I can't see Mark Strong being Lex, though. I don't know why. I just can't see it. It's just one of those, you have to be egotistical. And yes, Sinestro is egotistical or very, uh, what's the word? It, it's not self. Or... I'm, I put it just as, like, as far as looks go, he could nail a Lex Luthor on a, how he would portray the character. Yeah, I don't I don't see it like fitting. Like Mark Strong's an amazing actor. He could probably do anything, but I don't know if he could nail the persona right that well. Right. So so just to kind of give you guys, so that's kind of just a movie. Granted, I know like for Willie, I know you put it up there in your fives. It, yeah, I, it wasn't up there for me. It was just one of those movies I felt fell short for me like it had the potential of being a good movie and that it failed and not you know for different reasons it wasn't because of the obvious reasons it's just just even then i just felt the story fell short um now granted this isn't the only green lantern movie that has ever been made for a lot of people who are into the animated movies they made two animated movies with him, where he is the main character um, first one is Green Lantern First Flight, which is by far probably one of the best animated movies they've done. It is an origin story of Hal Jordan. Um, Sinestro is one of the main villains. Um, I like that story. I think it's really good. I don't even really have to go too much into it. It's pretty much the same, you know, test pilot Hal Jordan finds himself recruited as the newest member of the Intergalactic Police Force, the Green Lantern Corps. Sounds pretty similar to the movie Synopsis. Um, <laughs> this movie actually was released two years before Ryan Reynolds' movie. I think it did a better job. I'll tell you that right now. It's not the best movie, but did a way better job than the live action movie. Um, Willie, have you, I want to ask you, have you ever watched First Flight? Honestly, I haven't watched any of the animated movies for Green Lantern. And I feel bad because I love animated movies. But that's just kind of the thing. It's like the 
a lot of the animated movies that DC does, they're direct to DVD. It's like you never get to like hear about them in theaters. It's like you have to like really dig to look for the right. animated movies, which is sad because every DC animated movie, if it were advertised like other movies mm. and like shown on the big screen and all that stuff, right? They would be probably some of the best movies. They would be the reason that DC is like on top over Marvel. I'll give you that. What was it? I will tell you this right now. I'm a proponent for their animated version. I think their animated division really should be their movies. And yeah. and it's not because I don't think actors really can do it. Because look, Gal Gadot could do Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Ben Affleck wasn't a terrible Batman. I know there are a lot of people who don't care for him. I know there's some people who do. I actually didn't think he was terrible. Not the best, but definitely by far not the worst. And mind you, I'm not saying DC live action films are terrible. We got the Suicide Squad now, the 2021 version, not the 2016 crap movie. Um, We have Wonder Woman, like I said, the Dark Knight trilogy, Mm -hmm. Michael Keaton's Batman, Christopher Reeves' Superman movies, well, one and two at least. You know, three wasn't terrible, four was pretty bad. But that's not saying that's all. I can, that's, oh, I can say Man but of Steel is. It's decent. I'll it's give you decent. that. It's not my favorite, but it's decent. I'll, I'll, it's yeah. not one I would go back and rewatch all the time, but it's. I'd rather yeah. go back and watch Christopher Reed's 1978 Superman than to go back and rewatch Man of Steel. And mostly saying, it's just because of Henry Cavill, though. Yeah, I like Henry Cavill. Trust me. Henry Cavill, we already know for any fans who he's don't know. He's king of the geeks. And he's a huge nerd. This guy yeah, he's nerd. king of the nerds. Yes, he is a nerd. So I will give him props. He does everything he can to bring a great performance. But it's just everything else. Like, I'm sorry, when they blur out his mustache or CGI it out, it actually looks pretty bad. Yeah, it looks bad. Now, granted, it was for another movie. I think he was doing Mission Impossible during that. Yeah, he was doing the Mission Impossible at the same time. And under contract, he wasn't allowed to cut off the mustache. So he had it. They CGI'd it off, which was terrible. Um, Now, that's not the only Green Lantern animated movie. Going back to that, um, there was one called Green Lantern Emerald Knights, which it's okay. It's not what I like about it. It doesn't focus around Hal Jordan. It kind of focuses around a lot of the other lanterns, like Lyra and so on and so forth. Lyra was one of the main ones I enjoyed the story with. Um, but they're pretty much the synopsis is this, uh, according to IMDb, as the home planet of the Green Lantern Corps faces a battle with an ancient enemy, Hal Jordan prepares new recruit Arisa for the coming conflict by relating stories of the first Green Lantern and several of Hal's comrades. So it's kind of like how they dealt with things as a Green Lantern. So it's kind of like you're not just getting the story, you're getting everybody's opinions about their times as a Lantern or some of their most difficult times. Like I said, Lyra is probably one of my favorite stories because you see her facing off against her own father. And it is such a powerful story or a, a powerful arc. Um, but everything else about it is kind of just one of those, I feel like it just falls short. It's just one of those, like, it's like, I feel like you going too far with, uh, like, you're going from this point to this point to this point to a different character to a different character, it gets confusing. And it gets to the point, it's like, well, what's the purpose of this movie? Like, I understand the purpose is to introduce new lanterns, but just fell short. It's just one that I just felt like, again, you have the ability to do more with this and you did it. Um. Now, last one I want to bring up is they actually have done an animated series. Only lasted one season, which unfortunately made people like me mad because that show was actually really good. Um, what I loved about it is it brings in like the Red Lantern Corps. It actually brings in Yellow. It's just a good series throughout. I don't really have a lot. It's been a long time since I've watched it. Um, but it's a really good series. If you guys ever have a chance, I believe it's on HBO Max. Please go check it out. It is such a good series. 26 episodes. 
you know, to me, that's an anime se season for me or, you know, art for me. So I can go in there and watch it anytime. It's now, now I know Willie, you also told me too, you weren't familiar with the animated series either. No, not at first. Yeah. It, it's an interesting one because I like the fact that, what was it? It brings in different lanterns again, but it actually makes more sense. It's one of those, it's like more of a CGI project. This show actually did come out the same time the live action film came out and lasted, it says from 2011, 2013 with only 26 episodes. So, but I think too, it's also because of budgets, everything like that. Of course, with a lot of animation comes a lot of money. So yeah. Um, out of those three, I'd recommend you guys to start things off. I go to first flight and then I would go to the animated series. You want to really skip Emerald Twilight unless you, not Emerald Twilight, Emerald Nights. You could, but it's a good, the only good note I'll give Emerald Nights is that it does give you different perspectives from lanterns that you may never know or you don't yeah. know. Like, I think there's a story with Sinestro. It's been a while since I've watched it, but I think there's a story with Sinestro, like I said, Lyra, um, to Marcel, so on and so forth. It's not just how it's not just it's everybody's story so you kind of get a general basis for them now here comes the fun part now willie we've talked about this many times what yeah. really could make a good green lantern movie now i know one thing you've mentioned and we've talked about it in our versus battle with the lanterns yeah you want to pitch that story yeah uh honestly i feel that they need to do a movie focused around uh, John Stewart. I feel like he is a well-developed character, and he definitely he definitely had quite the showing in the Justice League animated series. And they developed him so well, and they've made him kind of like like for people who are not super into comics but watched a lot of tv like i used to do um and love cartoons yes. like a lot of people got their introduction to the green lantern and a lot of superheroes with the john stewart green lantern oh, and i'll be totally honest i did the same exact thing that's how i got into comics was the animated series i didn't get into comics by reading comics I got into the yeah. shows so trust me i understand completely but yeah, yeah. But side note, not even just a movie. Again, I'm going to bring this up. Why have they not made his own comic book series? Yeah, I mean, I think I recall seeing one or two comics where he was kind of the focus, but they were just like one-offs. Yeah. And like, what was it? it? It's just mind boggling. To me, you put him more as a side character when he really could hold his own. I'm yeah. sorry, when you give a series of their own somewhat to Simon Baz and Jessica Cruz and you don't give one to Jon Stewart, that's kind of a slap to the face, don't you think? Definitely. Like Kyle Rayner, I can understand. Kyle Rayner is a very powerful lantern. I can understand it. If they make a guy series before they make a Jon Stewart series, I'm going to lose my mind. That's my, where I might be questioning, is DC Comics really doing good right now? Or what are they doing? <laughs> like, it's just one of those things that... With how the world is right now, and considering the background of Guy Gardner, though, they might do that series first. Okay. And that's going to be very upsetting. Yeah. I'm not going to be okay with it. I'm sorry. Guy yeah. Gardner is more of a joke. He's not... It's like... <sighs> It's mind-boggling how he gets a lantern ring in the first place. And, like, when he becomes Rage, I can understand it. It's like he works perfectly with Rage. But not, like, yeah, he has willpower. But not compared to, like, he's cocky, cocky. Well, yeah. Hal Jordan's just cocky. He, he's confident, cocky. While Gardner just thinks he's everything and then gets himself put in back to realization you know we're yeah back to reality a little bit and then goes oh crap you know what did i do wrong 
Now, I want to ask you, Will, is there a certain story you want to pitch with Jon Stewart? You know, not anything in particular off the top of my head. Okay. But, like, one thing for sure, because with how comic book movies have been going, like, they don't necessarily have to follow the, the comics. They can be their own thing. As we've seen, like, quite a few times, especially with the whole Loki series, like, you don't have to do something that came from the comics you can come up with your own thing like, and if they were going to do their own thing with john stewart in as a movie honestly i think there's no better time to do it i mean you have a strong black man with a military background who's highly intelligent because he is like because of his educational background and just the amount of fortitude that he has as a person, I think it is just illogical for them not to make a movie for him. I mean, you can pull so much stuff, and even if you don't want to do direct sources from the comics and make your own story, there are so many possibilities that you can do with that character. Right. Now, what was it? Like, if we were to do a Jon Stewart story... I kind of want an origin story with him, you know, yeah. in the animated series, we're told he's a Marine, which, you know, when he first was introduced in comics, he was an architect. Nothing with military, nothing with, nothing with anything like that. But, um, but it's one of those stories that I just feel like you could do an origin story with him. And you don't, you can bring him into, like, again, you could do anything with him, really. Now, do I think it needs to be made into a movie? Is the question. I think that's more workable as a show. Because, now granted, just like Peacemaker, when it comes to the DCEU, you can make it into a show and it's proven to work. Mm -hmm. It has. And Marvel has been showing that now lately where the shows mix in with the movies and it works. I would introduce him as like the main character. And I think that's what they're doing right now in the Greenland Decor series. Now, he would be the main character. You could bring him in just like you're bringing Hal in as the new recruit. And I think he'd tell way more convincing story than Hal Jordan. Yeah. Now, what if I told you I could pitch a series, three movies, that I think Ryan Reynolds could have played? Okay. Let's go back to the original. Let's go back to the 2011 god-awful movie. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Warner Brothers, for introducing us to that. It's not as bad as Batman and Robin, but it's near it okay so <laughs> let's go to that okay take out parallax parody now you could set him up but don't bring him as the main villain parallax is so much more it can even be questioned if you really need to bring him in at all that to me is like a series or an animated movie you really could do parallax because that's one of my favorite storylines ever is emerald twilight where hal is possessed by parallax that to me is one of my favorite storylines. You can make that an animated movie. No problem. Let's go back to the original movie and let's do kind of just some not dumb characters. Like Hector Hammond, fine, keep him. That's a good villain. You could have brought in Black Hand, not the Black Lantern Black Hand, but you could have brought in Black Hand somehow and he dies. Yeah. Okay. Keeps an Esther story the same. Maybe maybe bring in that tyrant part of it. But even then, it was not terrible. And he gets the yellow lantern ring. That's why I say with this story, I would have made him more, you find out he's a tyrant. Um, you could have maybe made him more of the villain or like kind of hinted to it at the end of the story where you find out this is what he really is. He's not this sympathetic 
you know, hero kind of thing. He's really a tyrant. And you could have maybe made that close to the end of the movie, like a credit scene. And he gets the L lantern ring. Second movie could have been Sinestro Core War. You could have made that perfectly where he's secretly building up this army. Yeah. Then gradually do it. The only reason I don't think that could work, and same reason I would say this, is it has to have an existing DCEU. It has to have Batman, Superman, everybody to make the story work. So this is why I said you could maybe redo this later on. Okay. Secretly build up this army and start taking on the Green Lanterns. Okay. There's where it finally leads. Credit scene. And this is just, I know it's not the best. I'm not a director. I'm trying to just make it work the way I have it. Black Hand resurrects from the dead with a black lantern ring on his finger. And you see him say, if you found a way to kill Bruce, Wayne himself in the DCEU, you find him at his gravesite, just like in the comics. And you have Blackest Night. That could be... I. I hate to say it this way. This could be your Infinity War. It's black as night. Or Sinestro Corps War is your Infinity War. Endgame is your black as night. That could play out pretty well. But you have to wait to build up the DCEU to do it. That's why I said the Green Lantern Corps show is not a bad idea. The only reason I just can't see John in a movie yet it's just one of those things I think, again, what is he known for? Other than the comics, he's only known for the animated series. Hal yeah. Jordan is a very known name. Now, again, you could say, oh, it's just a Peter Parker situation where, oh, they're just making it Peter Parker, Peter Parker, Peter Parker. I think the show would work for, for John because John is, to me, a leader of the core. You could set him up that way, and that's what could lead to Sinestro Corps War. That's what could lead to Blackest Night, um, War of the Lights, so on and so forth. There's so many good stories they can adapt with John Stewart himself. Yeah. You could make a movie with him. I'm not saying you never could, but I don't think the show is a bad start for him. And then you branch him out to a movie. I think I also do have an idea for a series a live action series that probably could work. I just don't know how, I don't know how I would be able to implement it. Please but, don't Guy Gardner. We just well, Batman I mean, punching him. On the idea that I'm going with, he will have to make an appearance. But it's the idea where you start with Hal Jordan being the first Green Lantern, and then you run through stories that or encounters that he goes through, battles that he fights. And then at the end of the series, you get introduced to the next human Green Lantern. So it could be, and then so on and so forth per this per season. And then it could it could help be like kind of a long-running series where at the end of the season you get introduced to the next human Green Lantern, and then you start their story. And then as more and more show up and you get introduced to more characters, you find you just go through the Green Lanterns. I think it would be an interesting idea. I just don't know how it would be done. Right. right. So what was it? So let us know in in our comments below, what would be your perfect pitch for a Green Lantern story? What was your thoughts about the Green Lantern movie of 2011? Um, You've heard our opinions on it. I didn't care for it for certain reasons. I know, Willie, you enjoyed it for certain reasons. It's it's one of those movies that I felt like could have had that potential, and it just went downhill. I know you have it because you love the story. You love the characters. But we've even agreed on things with Parallax, things like that. So please, in the comments below, viewers, let us know what your thoughts are about the movie, How what would be your pitch of a movie, um, even a show. 
let us know. Even if it's animated, still pitch it. I will tell you right now, too, one of my other pitches would be Emerald Twilight in animated form. And then you could do Green Lantern Rebirth right after. So it would be a redemption arc or zero hour as the two main animated movies. So please let us know in the comments below what your feelings are. Um, please follow us out on Instagram and Facebook at Comic Talkers. You can listen to the podcast anywhere on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. And thank you for listening um, to this wonderful conversation we've had, huh? Well, oh, yeah, um, totally. so what was it? And without further ado, my name is Brandon. And in brightest day and blackest night, no evil shall escape my might. And comic talkers will never let anything else be the top of our discussion. Please keep comics the top of your discussion. Bye!